It's simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. Please welcome to today's episode of the Tea with Mike podcast, uh, Ben Lawrence, an unsigned singer and songwriter, and aspiring to be, in his own words, a successful artist who can make a living off his music. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. How are you? I'm good. Good, man. I'm really excited uh, to have you on the podcast. Uh, like we just talked about before we hit record on this, I uh, came across your Instagram uh, page probably through a series of mutual uh, connections. I started listening to some of uh, the clips on there and I was really impressed. I, I thought it was like catchy and that was uh, one of the reasons why I wanted you to, to have you on the podcast because the, uh, the, the whole podcast concept on the Tea With Mike podcast is kind of creating that platform uh, for people to tell their stories and so what makes me even more excited and then i'll let you and then i'll let you uh, go for it uh, is that this is your very first podcast is that true yes that's awesome man and i know that might be nerve-wracking but i'm excited that this could be your very first uh, experience of the whole like podcasting world no i, I appreciate you having me yeah no i'm just uh I'm just always thinking about like stuff to say. So let's start with kind of like, what where did you grow up and uh, what do you now call home? So in 1999, I was born in this small uh, little town uh, off the coast of Southern Alaska called Ketchikan. I grew up there for, I'd say like the first five years of my life. Um, and after that, I moved to Virginia uh, with my dad's side of my family and I grew up there up until I was around 21, and then I left the state to pursue music full-time, and uh, I ended up here actually in South Carolina. Um, it took a few places after leaving Virginia, but um, right now I'm in this small little town called Easley in South Carolina. Awesome, man, and, and then so thinking back a few years at your at childhood and kind of growing up, oh. For those people that that would be tuning in and listening, like, can you kind of describe the environment that you grew up? Was it is it a major city? Did you live in a rural area, just kind of outside the city? Talk to me a little bit about that. I don't remember too much about my home life, but I've seen a lot of pictures, and I did go back and visit uh, when I was around seventeen. But the area is really small. It's surrounded by mountains. The population of the town is only like six or seven thousand. There's only one stoplight. There's only one major grocery store, um, and the airport is actually on this smaller island uh, across, like, you have to take a ferry to get over to the island. Um, you know, it's a really small town. Um, it's really beautiful there. The uh, This is really interesting, but it's like, I think it's sunlight for about 18 hours of the day, and then only dark for, yeah, like six hours. Um, so the sun, the sun will set at like 11 o'clock at night and then it'll, it'll rise at like 5am in the morning. It's really, it was really weird. Um, and some, sometimes it's like six months of like darkness and then six months of just light just because of the position, um, like certain parts of Alaska are like on the hemisphere. What was that kind of like? Was that kind of a weird adjustment? What strategies did you kind of have in place to cope? Cause that's pretty, that's too extreme, you know? And I, would, I don't know personally, but I would imagine that um, if the, if it was dark for six months of the years, like mental health and depression could be, could be a big problem. Oh yeah. My dad would tell me that like, <clears throat> like people would just take a lot of like vitamins just to like, maintain what they're losing because they don't have the sun when it's just dark um i don't really know what it was like with like uh like six months of it being bright because i only lived there for like i said around four or five years i just grew up there my first few years of my life until i moved to virginia but um alaska this part specifically wasn't what you would expect it's what it wasn't always cold and it had all, it had like four seasons which was really cool so it would get up to like 60s 70s like in the summer sometimes like 80s and stuff 
Um, so it wasn't like typical Alaska where it's just icy all the time. So I feel like it was just a really nice place to grow up in. Um, there was a lot of shops and stuff in like the main town area that are like, you know, like local shops that make the town like what it is. Um, but I really want to visit again. It's been like five years since I've been. It sounds super beautiful. And then so obviously like you already alluded to, um, so you spent a few years there, then you moved to Virginia, correct? Yes, I moved to Virginia when I was like five with my dad. Nice. And so did you go to school in Virginia? Yes, I went to school in Virginia. Uh, I stayed there from when I was five years old up until I was 21. I'm 22 now. Cool, cool. And so um, obviously, like, um, what were some of your kind of like favorite subjects in school? Oh, man. I know this is really typical, but I like... It sucked that I was terrible at school. I hate school. I just wanted to get through high school. I think the only thing that, the only couple things that got me through high school, was uh, w was theater, because I, I loved I loved like being in that class and just like goofing around with all my friends. Um, so that class, and then I did choir class at the end of the day, and that really helped a lot with like my music, because that's all I wanted to do. I knew like since I was literally like a little kid i was like this is the most fun i've ever had doing anything and um so I, any chance i'd get i'd just practice doing music um so <laughs> to answer your question none of the subjects are my favorite like if you want to just if you want to count choir classes like i guess as like an act academic um class so when i was in school like a big passion of mine was the theater world and i did a whole bunch of like acting and um shows outside of the uh, schools and then transitioned into kind of like technical theater and then actually did it for a few years uh, professionally here in Canada. So That's really theater, theater is, a is, is one of my favorite environments to be in just because of um, the dynamics of the other people that, that are creative and share the same sp space as you. And it's, yeah. and it's crazy what happens when you come together as a big team in terms of a production and go from nothing to everything. And I've done stuff where you've met a bunch of strangers on a Monday morning and by Friday evening you're putting on a full-blown show. And to me that is mind-boggling but yet so cool. I totally get that. Like just working with like new people and everyone's weird. Everyone's so weird in class and that's like the best thing. Cause you can be weird too. The stereotype is it's weird, but actually it's fun is what I mean. Like yeah. I'm not saying weird as a bad thing at all. Like I'm saying like everyone's like really unique. I mean, everyone is like, has like a big personality. And, and that's one of those subjects where most people that take it want to be there. So that already makes for a better like learning and creative environment. Yeah, no, every, everyone who um, I was in class with when I would, uh, when I took that class in high school, because I, I took it for two years. I took it for two years, and everyone in there just always liked having fun, just doing all the games and stuff. Um, yeah, that definitely got me through high school. Just kind of like to release in there, I guess. No, that's cool. I found it, was, like you said, it's a, it's a very safe space to be uh, the most authentic version of yourself. Yeah, no, no, it was definitely a place where you could be the, yourself. Sometimes people were like, to themselves <laughs> and uh they would get pretty loud there's always people screaming in that class talk to us about obviously you just said that school wasn't really for you but like what what did you kind of do like growing up outside outside of school like did you go camping did you do fishing did you hang out with your friends like what what did the younger ben lawrence get up to i was always very active so from like since I was a few months old, um, my dad always just had me in the water, so I just grew up swimming. Uh, so I grew up doing swimming, and then when I was six, um, I started doing soccer with my stepbrothers. Um, so swimming and soccer were like the two biggest things that I did. Um, <clears throat> and I, like, I did that through elementary school, middle school, and high school. And then in middle school, um, I guess you could say like sports and just staying active was like the thing that I did outside of uh, 
uh, school, I guess. Um, I just always really liked fitness and just like staying active. So, um, yeah, I did swimming, did soccer. I did wrestling for three years in middle school. Um, I did track and cross country in high school as well as soccer. And then um, I took like a few weightlifting classes uh, as well, like during high school. Um, I think like in 10th grade. Uh, yeah, we were really fortunate enough. An old coach of the school came back and he funded the school with a lot of money to buy like a new like gym. So we had like access to like really nice equipment. So I would say like I was pretty fortunate enough to be able to like be around that. But yeah, just staying active. That kept me like in shape. How tall are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm really short. I'm 5'7". I was already asking that question because I was, I was going to figure out uh, what position uh, you played in in soccer. So I'm if you're only 5'7", I, I, are, you, are you fast? Yeah, I'm really okay. fast. Okay, so I have you. I have you down as uh, probably as a winger, or a left back, or a right back. I guess. I, I, you're pretty much right. I mean, with both answers, I played like every position throughout my soccer career. I played every position. I loved doing defense a lot. Um, but I did love like when I would do a lot of crosses, uh, like to my teammates when I would be like a wing or striker. Okay, so I play. I'm from England, as you may. I don't know if you had figured that out. I I figured somewhere on the side of the world. Yeah, but so I, I played uh, left back uh, when I played a little bit tentatively. So like I've always loved soccer too. Do Do you follow it? Do we, we? Oh no! I this is. I never got into watching sports like live or on TV. I just get. I just got so bored. Like I liked watching my own teammates like play because you know i knew them but i didn't have any personal connection like i don't ha i don't know ronaldo like he doesn't know me i don't really know him that well it's weird to kind of just like follow and track what he's doing but like now i uh, did like his cleats him and him and messi i my brothers they loved like ronaldo and i loved i love messi the messi cleats so we would constantly have like the best of like the opposite person Growing up, because my brothers also did soccer. They oh, okay. Better, they were better than me. Um, uh, but it was just cool, like, just, just growing up and just, um, I did keep track of, like, some, some soccer growing up just because I was in it, and you just hear about it, you know? You just hear about it. Um, but because I don't do it now, I don't care to keep up, and I don't really have any friends that do it anymore either. Also, man, for sure, that would make sense, because obviously it's one of uh, the biggest spots in the world, right? The U.S.? Like, on a global scale? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think it's probably, like, the biggest sport, like, the most, like, well-known sport. When did you first, like, as you're growing up, when did you first uh, start to play around with the vocals? When did you kind of, like, first start singing and kind of playing any uh, musical instruments? And what instruments did you play? Um, so when I was six years old, I don't know if it was before my dad got remarried or not, but, um, my dad met my, later, she became my stepmom, but he met her, um, I think like the first or second year we, we moved to Virginia. Uh, we moved into the same house together. She wanted to do drums. She wanted to like start practicing drums and she never got into it. So we had this drum set just downstairs. Um, I, I was always like very like artistic as it was, like I really liked drawing. Um, I don't know. I also had ADD, so I feel like using my hyper-focus, like I could just use that to my advantage on anything creative. Um, so I tried doing drums and I was like, wow, this is so fun. So I did drums for like six or seven years. And then, um, I kind of just did all I could with it i did all i could with the drums so when i was around 13 no i was 12 i learned uh the guitar my Me dad too. just oh when you were 12 oh, pretty close yeah yeah that's pretty cool it uh who'd you um how'd you learn i think it was just maybe something that i'd seen on like t like tv or something and then 
my parents bought me like guitar lessons. They used to be like music teachers that had come into uh, my local school. And so I, I played for a while, but I've said this before on podcast episodes. I, I wish I'd picked up playing the guitar like later because that's, I was still so young that I wasn't motivated to like practice consistently like week by week. So I always had to, I, st- I was always doing the same pieces and I didn't go very fast, so it always fascinates me and intrigues me. Um, what would have happened if I was if I'd learned started playing the guitar like years later, right? I know. I, I definitely think about that. Like, what if I even never picked up the guitar, and but I only like went to keys. Um, <clears throat> I kind of I learned guitar because of the music I started listening to. I started developing like my own taste of music and I listened to this group called Dave Matthews. Do you know who they are? I don't know. Dave Matthews band. Um, my dad just listened to them growing up and he would just play them around me all the time. My dad actually played a little bit of guitar. So I asked him to show me like what he knew. He only knew a couple chords. And then from there, I just started learning from YouTube. And then I would also, um, I would listen to songs and then I would go and try to replicate it on the guitar. And that's what I did uh, then with piano because I wanted to see what else I could just replicate the sounds with. So I learned piano and then um, the next, I guess, was my voice. So I tried singing. I was terrible. I was so bad. Like, I have a naturally just nasally, like, croaky voice. And um, probably, like, the first five years of singing, it just sounded awful. I've been singing for about seven or eight years now. And I think only this past year, I've, I've only sounded fairly okay. And, um, I just tried, I think, I think learning to sing was probably the hardest thing I did because it just took so long. No. Okay. That's an interesting point. So what do you think? You just said it's obviously taken quite a while, which you you would expect you, you don't go from zero to a million like overnight. It takes a lot of hard work, consistency, patience, self-belief, all of those like different types of things. So what do you think are some things that like lessons that you've learned so far about uh, your singing uh, journey? What has it kind of taught you like as a person? I think I've definitely learned the most when I write because like that's when I actually get to say what I'm feeling over like, like because I have, um, oh yeah, I didn't say this, but not only do I do instruments, but I do, I, I make my own songs too. So I'll make, uh, like, I'll make like the drums, I'll make the synths and everything, and I'll build the song from scratch. I think my favorite part is just like, um, and I guess just the thing that I've learned is being able to like express myself <clears throat> in a way that I can't do when I speak. Does that make sense? Oh, oh 100%, man. So. So, so, so you think you get like your thoughts and your emotions and your expressions like out, out through a creative outlet like music more than just necessarily in an, a day-to-day conversation or writing words on social media? I'm terrible at speaking as it is. And yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the only time I feel somewhat confident. I'm, I'm not even that much of like an outgoing person. I'm very introverted. I like staying home a lot. I like when things are near me. So like this area that I moved to, everything's only like two or three minutes away, which is really nice. Um, So I don't have to leave much, but my job. So like a lot of the reason why it does take up my time is because it's like a 45 minute trip one way, 45 minutes. And then with traffic, it can be up to an hour. So that's pretty stressful, but uh, (laughs) sorry, what was the question? So I, I was just kind of tr- trying to get to like some of the things you've learned about yourself as you've yeah. dis- discovered your your voice and we've established that you're that, that you're the most com- comfortable in 
expressing yourself through the creative outlet of music. I think I've learned what type of person I am, and that's somebody who's really not social, and that's somebody who just feels a lot. I definitely feel my emotions a lot, and I definitely try my best to say them uniquely in my songs. Um, so I'd say it's like just help me realize, um, yeah, the type of person I am, just because of what I what I say, just from the experiences I've gone through. So cool and I guess unique that you recognized it. Uh, you may be not the most extroverted person, which there's nothing wrong with that either, but but you know your way to leave your impact and your legacy and, and to contribute to the greater good of the world. If I guess if we're looking on a, on a, on a, on a bigger scale as to music, and I think that's what's so cool and so powerful about anything creative, whether that's theater, music, anything, everybody has like different uh, passions because the world would be kind of boring, right? If we were all the same. You're right, it would be boring. Cool, so so thinking back a little bit, what, what was the first record CD, or oh, this probably doesn't apply to you, but I might be wrong, or, or, or download that you bought and kind of what inspired you to uh, buy it? That I bought on my own, I guess. Yeah, or, or, or you listen to if it, if it was YouTube or, or or you heard at a friend's house. Could be anything. I think it was Dave Matthews Band. Like that was the first uh, type of music I think I heard growing up. Um, my dad got into them when he was in the '90s, early '90s, um, and Dave Matthews Band wasn't big at the time. I could be butchering this. It was either the '80s or the '90s. But they weren't big at the time when my dad found them. But now they they're really big. Um, he said at the time it was like five dollars a ticket to their show, and now it's like thousands just for like a front row. And uh, just the way that they did music was just so creative. All they had it, it was like it was Dave Matthews and his guitar, and then he had the rest of his band, and he had like a saxophone player, he had a drummer. Um, uh, like he had a bass player he had like another like couple like lead guitarists he had a violin player he just had a lot going on and that was just really cool because he made it all work and then he had this other guy that would occasionally join the band uh, named Tim Reynolds and then he like really just spiced up everything and just really made it totally different um, so like listening to all those melodies definitely inspired and still inspires like the way like I do music now, even if it's not the same genre. Awesome, because so kind of that, that compilation of all of the the different sounds and tones. Yeah, just uh, I think more more just with the melodies, like using maybe some of the melodies that remind me of that of some songs that he's done, and I'll put those melodies on an instrument or maybe even my voice. Sometimes something I'll do like a lot to like just like to like really separate um my music from like most music is i'll use my voice as an instrument and i'll put it underneath the song as like support uh, that's something i like doing too because that that separates like the beats that i make as well as um just the fact that you know it's like my song what's on what's on your uh, playlist like what types of music's are on the ben lawrence playlist but yeah okay. what do you listen to i got my computer right here i Something I've done, I started doing this year, uh, was listening to new music every single day. So my goal as an artist to help with growing is to get on the playlists, Spotify playlists. So I've been studying them by just listening through them. So I'm constantly listening to uh, new artists. Um, I listen to a lot of, I do listen to a lot of indie. I listen to a lot of pop r&b definitely singer songwriter um there's this new artist i'm getting into named cass um i'm listening to zoe music um it, like it, it, it's all these random it's all these random groups oh there's this new group that i'm really into half alive they're really cool so um, so it's so it's definitely it's definitely not mainstream music it's 
like I would say like if it is anything that is like close to mainstream, it would be like a deep album song of like a mainstream artist. Dua Lipa's album, that album was really great, and just even like the like the deep album stuff. Um, like I do listen to a lot of mainstream artists, but I do listen to like a lot of new up and coming. I think it's good to listen to both. Oh, to kind of get to kind of get to get a balance, and and do you think by listening to both it it helps your music? Yeah, because there's a reason why the big artist, the mainstream artists, are big. Listening to up and coming people, maybe you can like get a new idea. A lot of up and coming artists are just so much more talented than the mainstream artists. I mean, a lot of people do it on their own. A lot of people are doing a lot more than the you know the people on the charts today i guess um so there's definitely a lot you can learn from the people who aren't even that big oh no 100 no, percent. one of my favorite things to do on social media is uh, flick it's to start searching it through lots of different people's pages and once in a while i'll find some music that i really like and then i'll see if they have a youtube channel and try and subscribe to it and when I've got bored of the mainstream stuff, I'll I'll go look th- see who I've subscribed to and listen to a a few of their unique sounds because it's important to uh, stay diverse and be as be as cultural as possible, right? Yeah, no, like getting as knowledge as you can get, I think is important. Sure, can when you're doing your songwriting, do you get your inspiration from the lyrics or the, or the music? Um, like kind of what? Yeah, where do you get your inspiration for your songwriting from? My songwriting, um, it's different every time, but a lot of the times, uh, I can just pull from heartbreak. A big one is just thinking about my ex. Um, so I'd say definitely her. Like she inspired pretty much the entire album I just put out last year. She inspired that whole thing. And um, I would say that I would get hit with like a line sometimes. Or sometimes I'll have a melody in my head and then that'll inspire me to uh, say a certain line for that melody. And then I can just kind of build off that and kind of tell a story. Um, So it's always different every time. And I think because I've done it so long, I can kind of get the gist of how to make a song, how to just start one and like, just let the song kind of write itself did take a while did take a lot of bad songwriting but um i think like you just develop like a type of technique even though each song is different you can still kind of just grasp how you're gonna handle making the rest of it oh for for sure man and as we're talking it's striking me that um the, the, you've kind of taught your, taught yourself everything through kind of trial and error, so that that's that's kind of cool, right? It, life is a, a, a journey, and probably every day and every week you see a tiny bit of progress in in the journey that you're that you're want, wanting to accomplish, right? Which is to be a full time musician, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And so we're just gonna have a, a little uh, tea fact because it's. A pretty traditional here on the uh, the Tea with Mike podcast, and then we're gonna uh, dive right back into all the your cool stuff to do with music. And so today's uh, tea fact is: in eighteen forty, afternoon tea was introduced in England uh, by Anna the Seventh Duchess of Bedford. It's alleged that she would become hungry around four o'clock in the afternoon. That's kind of how the whole, I guess, tradition of afternoon tea, especially in England, kind of uh, first got started. And that comes from www.rmg.co.uk slash stories slash topics slash interesting facts about tea. (laughs) I know, right? Cool, hey? Uh, That is very interesting. Do you like tea? I love tea. I love tea. What's your favorite type of tea and why? I love blueberry tea a lot. Um, It just tastes good. I mean, that's really it. I I don't know what else to say. It's just my favorite tasting tea, I guess. Like like making it. Um, I know my parents would, uh, a lot of the times, they'd get a bunch of tea bags 
um, and they would put them like all, you know, of course, like in a picture and they put that picture outside, uh, like in the sun. And then the sun would actually all like the flavor out from the tea bags instead of like doing it like on the stove. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, blueberry. She she just made the best blueberry tea. My stepmom. Oh, that's cool. And we and you, and you probably know this. Um, and I've learned this from other musicians that have been on the podcast. That certain types of tea are ever good for protecting the vocal cords. I something that's bad that I don't do is take care of my voice the way that I should. I don't do vocal warm ups when I start, and I don't drink much tea i will drink tea actually um every once in a while but not like weekly not daily not not even monthly i kind of just drink it when i feel like i really need to when i feel like i really need it and i don't really need it that much but i like drinking tea like just for fun how many cups of tea do you think i i drink a month i'd say maybe like three a day so like 90 that's pretty that's pretty close if i Obviously, there's some days where I drink more and some where I drink less, but I, I would probably say on average, like, at least, like, three to four a day, right? So, that's, like, yeah, like, so let's say it's, like, 90 a month, just for hypothetical yeah. at sake. So, that's 90 a month, yeah. So, wow, that's, like, a thousand cups of tea a year. That, that, that's a lot of tea. Wow. That, that's more than a thousand. Yeah, it's a little bit more, but, yeah. Uh, that's a lot of tea. Holy. Did we, uh, like, growing up in the South, like, that's, like, that's where, like, the area I am from. Like, we were definitely, like, in the South. And, uh, yeah, no, the folks there, they just know how to make sweet tea. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think the tea that we both drink, it's probably a little different from each other. Like, oh, 100. 100%. <laughs> How do you make your tea? Okay, so um, so obviously you boil your uh, kettle of water. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you, uh, you, uh, you take your tea, tea bag, so it sits in a cup. You wait for the kettle to boil. This is the fast way to make tea. Pour the water, obviously, over the tea bag to, to about, I go, but usually about three quarters to 80%. I, I, I leave it to sit for at least two minutes, sometimes less if I'm in a rush. Uh, but there's a fine line between leaving the tea bag in and it's steeping uh, too much, so that's always a challenge. And it depends on the tea bag a little bit. And obviously, I uh, st stir it. I think it usually stir about three or four times the tea bag in a clockwise uh, direction around the cup. Get rid of the tea bag, and then usually add a very tiny bit of um, milk. I've never had tea in my milk. I mean, milk in my tea before. How, how do you make your tea? Because it it sounds like your tea your tea is based around like quite it's quite fresh and fruity. Where mine is because uh, it's black tea, it's very strong and traditional. It's I mean, mine is like mine is normally like really sweet and flavorful. I'd say, like normally, I mean, I don't use like super high quality tea, but just to get a flavor. Oh, like another tea I really like. Mint tea is really good. So he, he had a garden and he would throw in some mint leaves in the tea and just like let that sit overnight. So it would just marinate in there along with, he would use like Lipton tea bags when either when they would like boil or something and then they'd you know, throw a lot of sugar in and then they'd throw like that really concentrated tea all in like ice and then that ice would just like, you know, melt obviously. Um, and then he would throw in those leaves, and then after it was done, it was just so good. My 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 parents were really good cooks, um, so they like knew how to make like a lot of like good stuff, um, like just growing up. That's cool. I guess I guess you were always well watered and well fed. Yeah, um, uh, I'd say I was pretty fortunate enough. I grew up like I grew up in a good household. Like I grew up in a nice house. Like we all had like our own rooms. Um, I went to, uh, to, yeah, the high school I went to, it was, it, was, it was pretty good. It was, like, one of the best in the state um, for, like, some of the sports that we did. Um, so, yeah, I, I lived in a really nice small town. Um, it was, it was a, I would say it was, like, one of the better, like, environments to grow up in. So I was pretty fortunate enough to grow up in that, uh, that area of um, Virginia. Awesome. And so you also say in your bio that you didn't think you were very smart at school. 
I, I'm not. <laughs> so, so how, how, how do you think this self-perception affected you in your self-belief? In my self-belief? Yes. Um, self-belief, like, for what? In general? Yeah. But um, because because you're, you're telling yourself, like, in basic terms that it's quite a negative thought, so of course that's going to mess with, mess with, with, like, I guess, confidence, for example, right? I guess, I guess it just made me feel like I couldn't apply myself to many places. It made me feel like I couldn't get a good job when I have a good job now. Like, I'm fortunate enough to... I was in a very bad position, um, maybe like a month and a half ago. For like from six months up until like a month and a half ago, I was in a really bad environment, and I got out of it and I moved here, and now I'm in a really good environment. Um, so I'd say that I didn't think I'd be able to get here because of that that'd be a big part of it you know i'll preface this with you don't necessarily have to share but what was the the driving factor or an event that took you that was like i, I gotta make a change what, what was that well i was living i was living in florida at a place i didn't want to live to with family that i didn't feel like uh i did not get along with i'll just say that i don't want to go too into no, detail because I don't want them listening. But um, I got out of there and moving here because I have friends in this town who asked me to to come here. But they like they kind of pushed me to kind of come here. But they were big supporters of it. They, uh, you know, they just kept telling me, motivating me to just continue. But I got everything lined up here. Like I found this place on Craigslist. Um, I was fortunate enough that the people who live here are just like, some of the nicest people ever. Um, so yeah, they gave me a room. The rent is great, very affordable. Um, I got the job like the same day that I was driving here. I got like I got I called them and they like got an interview. Uh, I got like an interview on the phone and then I did like an in-person interview and it was really cool how like it all just like worked out. Um, but yeah, just like an accumulation of like those things and then just getting just getting into a better environment into a new environment where I don't know anyone here I mean besides my couple friends but you know this is a brand new environment for me uh so I feel like I can just have like a clean slate and that motivates me to just do better because I don't have to prove myself to anyone no awesome man that's great that it uh, worked out and uh, it should excite you to see where you like where, where you, that you can use this as a springboard into the future yeah no exactly and you know I, I i hope to be in a bigger city maybe by next year that'd be great um i think so i'd say that that's maybe like my motivating factor um just to put out some really good high quality music uh and just move up as much as I can. Cool. I I, I know you uh, touched on it earlier, but I want I want to dive a little bit more into yeah. um, you, you you producing uh, your album called Ben. Obviously, mm-hmm. you you touched on. Why, why is it called Ben? I told myself that if this was the last album I had ever made, that I'd make it how I'd want to. And I've always just wanted to put out a really simple, just like really heartfelt, emotional. Uh, album that was just like piano and guitar like uh, those were like the main instruments mainly piano Um, I've just always wrote sad my life is just I feel like it's always just been sad I've always been sad my whole life and it's not a bad thing Um, so every song on there is pretty sad I'm sure you you listened through it I've listened to bits but I I think I got more out of it than just that it was sad like I thought you had a very like edgy like cool tone I personally like Ed Sheeran and a lot of like bass storytelling so you gotta get you sing and you got a little bit of guitar and so to me I'm like 
I'm in love already because those are like some of my favorite uh, like styles of music to listen to. Any music that's really at the underbelly, like telling a story, whether that's good, whether that's bad, all of those types of things. So I, so I actually personally saw more, more to it in terms of structure, sound, and all the things I just said than just that it was sad. I appreciate that. I mean, it wasn't just supposed to be sad. It was supposed no. to be like creative, of course, like very creative, um, even though it was simple, like a lot of it. Um, and I just really wanted to, I really wanted people to maybe listen more to the lyrics rather than all like the, the melodies and such. And uh, but yeah, like I made this album exactly how I wanted to. And if it was the last album I put out, I'd be okay with that. So that's why I just called it Ben. Um, and it was pretty much all about my ex and me. Just like the way I had been feeling throughout being with her. It was also about her. It was about both of us together. Um, so yeah, each song, each song, like they're all kind of similar, but they're all still like very standalone and different songs. Um, but I'm so excited for the music that's coming out this year. It's it it's gonna be it's really upbeat, um, and I've I've been working on it. Uh, you can ask me. Also, when is this coming out? By the way, next week. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So um, I'll probably I'll, I would have already announced it uh, this Friday, but um, like I have I have like my new like look going on. Like we just got the pictures in. Uh, we just we have the first song ready to go. It's it's really cool. It's super upbeat. Um, I'm putting out a collab out. It's nothing like you've heard from me before. I'd say like it's a big step up in my production skills. I've definitely like just put so much more time into like these few songs than I have any other songs in the past. So I'm really excited. Is it are they standalone songs? Is it an EP? Is it an album? It's an album. We're gonna be releasing it in singles, but we're gonna release five singles, then we'll drop the album later in the year. But the announcement that like uh, new music will be coming will be out on Friday. I'll like post it on my page. Um, and then yeah, the first song comes out April first. I'm excited just listening. So what? So, so where can people go listen to the songs when they come out? I mean anywhere except SoundCloud. So you know Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube Music, Google Music um anywhere you can think of really so as an unsigned artist can you tell us how you set about getting your music released onto digital stores and streaming services and some of the challenges you've had to overcome with this it hasn't been that hard i mean i feel like i feel like there's a stigma that people you need like a whole team to put out music i mean i just pay this fee once a year to put out as much music as I want. That's really it. It's this site called DistroKid. Also, I don't, I don't know if you put like links in your descriptions. There's, um, I can send you this. I can send you this. Any other artists that are listening, like if they don't know, like if they have music, um, that they want to put out but they don't know how to do it, there's this site called DistroKid, and it's, um, you get everything that you make. Um, there's like a tax form with it which is really good, so you can do your taxes with it. If you click the link, like it, it benefits me. I think I think we both get $10 off if they click the link and they want to make an account. Um, but I just use this site. It's really easy. Um, and you just, you know, you upload the, the file, you upload the artwork, you get to fill out, like, the info for the song, um, like genre and whatnot. Uh, and then you can, like, put, like, more details, like, um, like who were the songwriters on it, who produced it, um, who sings on it. I mean, all that jazz. And uh, yeah, it's really easy to use. I mean, I just used it this morning to upload the song. Can you describe your music style uh, to listeners who may have not heard of your music in less than 10 words? Depressed, but don't take it too serious and have fun. That's very well done. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, that's honestly like what I'd say. Um, yeah, that's like that's another thing. I feel like people think I'm just like sad all the time too when they listen to my music. I am sad all the time, but I'm not like so sad that I'm like 
mopey all the time. I, I, I do enjoy life. Um, like, and I have fun. Life is too short to just, like, let your sadness prevent you from uh, having joy. Um, so I would say, like, you know, listen to my music to be in your feels. You know, listen to it when you maybe want to be, like, mellow and stuff. But, like, don't, like, indulge yourself in my music. Like, don't take it too serious. Don't let it, like, weigh you down, I'd say. Nice. Uh, that's a that's a really great perspective to uh, to look at it. Right earlier, it's channeling uh, your emotions, whether you're the person creating the song or whether you're the person listening in, in the right way and getting that healthy balance of yeah. all the different aspects that that make up life. Right. Exactly. So if you could fa- if if you could fast forward and be you. At five years from now, yeah, what what would you like to be doing? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would like to. This is an in an ideal world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, probably want to be. I'd probably want to have my house built. I have a background in construction. Okay. And like odd jobs so i love that old blue collar work um so i'd love to like have my house built that i build with my old boss and maybe a couple friends so i'd like to have my house built i'd like to be making a living off music i'd like to have some animals like i love dogs and i love cats so i'd love to have some animals i want a duck that's that's one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite pets a duck um, that's good. So I'd, cool. I'd want like like a little farm kind of like along with the house. Um, I'd want to have like tours ready to go, like ready to go and like play my music. Um, I'd want to have a studio built into my house. Like I want to have like a house that's like one story. Like I don't want a big house, but I want like uh, I want like access to like an underground studio because uh, silence is like so needed when you make music because everything like is like picked up when you like you know record and stuff so i'd like to have a studio built underground in my house and uh, i mean music isn't the only thing i want to do i want to go into business with my friend i don't know when that'll be but we both like cooking he loves making coffee i love cooking i don't know there's so much that could happen in five years but i mean yeah i want to have the house i want to be able to living off music maybe a family but yeah, definitely the animals. And what are you gonna call your duck? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. Oh my gosh, Winston? I don't know. <laughs> that's a very traditional, like British name. Oh, I know, I know, something proper. How did you fall in love with ducks? Oh, I just think that I just thought I think they're so cute. They they're really cute. I mean, like they're like little heads. I mean, it's just like it's like a little like half circle. You know, like that's the shape of their head. Um, they're little bills their eyes that you know they're cute they it's funny they have no arms they have no arms they just have wings i just think it's funny um and they're cute they're just cute so back when i was living in england i used to live in the countryside and i used to go visit my grandma and near where she uh, lived in this like village though there was like a pond and there used to be a whole schwackload of uh, uh, ducks that used to like live there, live there, and yeah. so we used to go down and we used to go feed the ducks bread. Oh, that's awesome! So, so I have pictures that people have taken of me, like super small, like in my Wellington boots, uh, feeding ducks bread. <laughs> I loved doing that growing up. I I did the same thing with my grandma. I'd visit my grandma. We'd go down to the pond, you know. Just feeding the ducks bread. That's really funny. Memories like that, too. Assuming you've never been, I think you would have a lot of fun visiting England just based off, just even describing how you like feeding ducks. To Europe before, but it's just been a, it was for soccer. But I never went to England. I, I only went to Sweden and Denmark, but I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to visit England. So you clearly played soccer to a, a football for the European listeners to a, like, a pretty good standard if you're going on a European tour. Um, we competed in the Gothia Cup. I don't know if you know what that is. Kind of. It sounds Scandinavian, I'm assuming so. Like, It was like, it was like, 
a billion times smaller than the World Cup. That's probably what it is. And um, we we were in it. We were just a team from. I was on two different like professional like soccer teams growing up. One in my, one in my town that I grew up in, and then one about an hour away from my town, just because uh, I was able to do more in that town, an hour away, um, and because of that, we got the opportunity to compete in that uh, in the Gothia Cup. <laughs> we lost pretty pretty fast you know we're americans so we're not that great compared to people in europe <laughs> no, uh, that's cool that you even like got to that level though no no it, it was really fun and just like it was really funny because we got the rest of the week we lost really early but we got the rest of the week to like go around the town meet people try new things like try new food that was really dope about being uh, like in in Sweden, was just like everything was like a lot cleaner. I'd say like everything was more fresh. There was like, I guess like the snack selection and stuff was like so much better than the than uh, like here. Do you have any European like word? Because even just some of the like terminology that you're using, I suggest that you do like the words like snacks and that type of thing. Snacks. The language that you're using is some of the language that I would use, and I know. If, People in late England would use. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's fine. Well, I'm Mexican. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I, I don't think I have any like your. My dad's Russian, and my mom is Mexican. That's probably. I mean, that's 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 the mix that I am. Yeah, I guess I was curious because you don't actually really have a thick accent to me. I guess. I don't think I have any accent at all. No, I don't think you do. Everyone always says that they're like, you have no accent. I think I just don't have any, like, honestly, I think I have a little bit of Southern in my accent just because I did grow up in the South, so I might extend my vowels, like, a little bit more. Um, it's just the way that people talk down here. I'm hearing it now. Like, are you doing this on purpose? No. Okay, so, okay, Okay, because I, I didn't hear it through the rest of the podcast so far, but now that, now that you now that I guess now that I'm consciously listening, now I can like hear the the longer vowels. Oh, like the southern twang in my voice. Yeah, a little bit. It's not really even twang. It's like it's more just just I don't know. I don't know if my voice is more bassy or something. But yeah, no, like yeah, you're right. Like widening my vowels. Like I know that's a, some that's like a southern thing, like time. You know, what do you kind of do to look after your mental and uh, physical well? Like, do you switch up? Do you take social media breaks? Do you spend time walking oh. out in the wilderness feeding ducks? Oh, like, what do I do to like, like, switch off, relax? Yeah, take time for you, all those sorts of things. It's really hard to take a break, um, sometimes, but gosh, I'm really trying to think. I rarely take breaks because I'm, I'm always just working. I'd say maybe something is like I love watching uh, the Marvel movies. I've been I just bought Disney Plus, so I've been watching like all the Marvel movies. Um, I loved I loved watching Marvel, but there was just some movies I didn't see. Um, so I've been watching like them. I've been watching the shows that came out on Disney Plus as well. It's it's been that's a, like I'll do that in my downtime if I just want to relax. So I normally relax when I eat food. So I can just knock out both at once. What's your favorite food? What's our favorite dish or meal? Time. Um. There's a few. I mean, I love pizza. It's just it's so easy. But I just love pizza. It it doesn't get old. Um, I love wings. Like I love like I love like, like. I just love wings a lot. Um, I love, uh, I love brisket. A lot. That's actually yeah. That's probably one of my favorite foods ever: brisket. Um, or burnt ends. Do you know what burnt burnt ends are? I'm not familiar with that one. It's with it's it like goes along with a brisket, but basically, um, there's two parts of a brisket. So there's the flat, and then there's the point. The point is like the more like tender part, and sometimes people will separate the flat and the point from each other, and they'll cut up the point, and then they'll cook it for even longer and with like more sauce um so it'll make like 
they'll they'll cut the uh, point up into like these cubes, and it'll char when you like cook it more sauce and you cook it for longer, uh, and it creates like these burnt ends, and they're just really good. They're really tender. They just fall apart in your mouth, uh, and they're just like so flavorful. So that's probably my favorite food ever. It takes a long time to make too, because you have to sit there and you have to smoke the brisket. And I mean, most briskets, like good size briskets, you have to smoke them for like eight to 14 hours. You just have to sit there and every half hour you have to spray them like apple cider vinegar, like as it smokes or like apple juice. It, it's a really long process, but it is so good when like when it's over. Every 30 minutes. Pretty much. Yeah. And you have to maintain it at this certain temperature, too. <clears throat> it's 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 pretty ridiculous. Um, like honestly, you're pretty much supposed to fail. I mean, like pretty much everyone fails like their first ten to fifteen briskets, just because it's so hard to just get the technique down. Wow, and the, I guess there's a reason why people go out for things like that versus doing it themselves. <laughs> yeah, but, like that's why. Like that's why people don't like a lot of the time smoke their own barbecue like that's why they'll like i know like definitely here in the south there's a lot of barbecue places where people will just line up like you know four five six in the morning just to like get there first i have seen some documentaries on like smoke brisket houses and and, yeah. and, and shops and the, and the lengthy process and how skilled the, the people are that are, are doing it it's a, definitely a craft it takes it takes so long like my dad my dad's been doing it for like a year or two and he's not even that good <laughs> it just takes so long to like acquire like that because you have you know you have to be doing a good job for eight to 12 hours you know yeah it's all, it's all about like consistency isn't it and then patience <laughs> have to maintain it um but the end result, if you can, if you can pull it off, it's just, it's so worth it. So, so what's kind of one piece of advice that you'd like to pass on to somebody listening, whether that's an, an aspiring musician based off what you've learned in your own musical journey so far, or whether that's uh, more, more, more generic, it's entirely up to you. I mean, like, I hum my own songs in the shower. And, like, if my songs are that catchy, you know, like, I'm I'm always passionate about, like, what I make that's catchy. So, like, I would say if somebody makes something that they like and that they're humming all the time to go with that idea. So I would say, like, give in to the ideas that you are passionate about because life is too short to forget them. Awesome, man. And so finally who's one person that you would like to see on the tea with mike podcast you should hit up my friend uh raymond salgado he's uh he's a, he's a canadian you know raymond salgado yeah i i knew i've known him since like 2017 i already had it i already had him on the podcast maybe that's no how i first way. saw you yes that's, oh, that's oh yes me. yes it's coming back that's to me so cool. that that's how that's how i knew who you were because you guys did that thing together and then I was curious, then I went digging, and then that's how we started talking. Now it's coming back to me. Yeah, Raymond's a, yeah, Raymond, Raymond's a good friend of mine. Um, yeah, we met back in, like, 2017. Like, I, I commented on, like, his YouTube video, because, you know, he's just, like, his voice, you know, is out of this world. Yeah. Um, I'm subscribed <clears throat> to his YouTube channel. Yeah, I am. He's, he's really talented. Um, but, yeah, I've known him for, like, quite a while. Um let me think uh who would i like to see on the on your podcast who do you look up to who's your biggest inspiration oh who's my biggest inspiration one of my bucket list items is to have ed sheeran on the podcast really yes 100 that's awesome i love ed sheeran i love every i love everything that he stands for but yet, at, at the core, it all comes down to keeping it simple as storytelling and being like authentic. Because yeah. and you never ever see Ed Sheeran in the press for like anything like bad or scandalous, you know? Exactly. Like you, you hear nothing bad about him. It's crazy. How, it's a gr crazy how he goes from like all these award shows and 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 sellout tours to like vanishing completely for like months and yeah. sometimes like years. 
for his kids on its farm and he's also super successful he has he has a bunch of restaurants and like property and stuff too so he does a lot of other things oh i didn't know that oh yeah he like uh, obviously i'm sure he has a whole team of people that he works like with to help him manage his investments and portfolios but but but, like it's actually kind of crazy how much he's accomplished that's it that, no, that's really cool. I uh, well, I hope he's on your podcast then. I'd like to see him on your podcast. There we go. Good answer, man. Well, all that's left to be said is uh, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast and sharing a little bit of uh, your story. And I'm really excited to see where you're going to go in the future. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, this was a really good first podcast. I'm glad I was on it. Um, yeah, I had a good time. Awesome, man. Okay, everyone, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Tea with Mike podcast uh, with Ben Lawrence uh, Music. And um, if you enjoyed uh, Ben's story, uh, make sure you uh, A, share it with your friends, and B, listen to other episodes of the Tea with Mike podcast at uh, teawithmike.com and on all uh, major podcast streaming platforms. It's the Tea with Mike show.